Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. What does it mean when a company's share price falls to cheap prices and executive insiders don't buy more? My question is, how much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? I had a question about Dutch Bros. It's going to be a new IPO. And provides unbiased answers. I think the bet on the raw materials that go into electric cars are going to be far better than the electric car producers. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, May 11th, 2022 edition of Invest Talk. And I'm Justin Klein, and I'm excited to discuss today's market with you guys. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those markets that tests your mental fortitude, your ability to deal with emotions. And it tests the type of portfolio that you have. This is why when I talk with clients or listeners and look at their current portfolio that we're typically, you know, not managing, we always compare that particular risk level to their risk tolerance level. And The reason that is, is not for the good times. It's for the volatile times. The times like this, where market volatility is higher than average. And the big question is, will you make a rash decision during those times? Times like this, a lot of people are making rash decisions. There are a lot of margin calls that are happening. So people getting out over their skis in a risk. And there's forced selling. And so a lot of the red you're seeing on the screen is not only irrational due to fear, but it's also because portfolios were simply caught off sides. So the question is, was your portfolio caught offside? Are you feeling the anxiousness that many are right now? Well, if you are, probably means you were either invested incorrectly for the market environment. That's a lot of people not understanding the slowing economy. Or you were just invested too aggressively for your risk tolerance level, your ability to handle the volatility you're seeing in your portfolio, because that's what people react to or don't react. Numbers on the screen and the nightly news on your app on your phone that says NASDAQ down 300. That doesn't evoke emotions. 
It's when you look at your portfolio, your IRA, your 401k, your Roth IRA, your brokerage account, your trust account, whatever it is. And the money that you're losing there. That's when things get a little queasy for most. Okay. So there's a lot to talk about due to this market environment. And a lot of people have fallen into some pitfalls. Trying to help you avoid them over the past few years. And I know just talking to listeners that definitely have, definitely have shifted a lot of people's portfolios, help them shift to a better allocation for an environment where inflation is consistent. We saw that with the CPI numbers today. And so it's about investing based on the reality on the ground, understanding the lay of the landscape of, of the market and the economy, and knowing how to invest accordingly. As I've said, this is not a time for long duration assets, meaning assets that are priced for cash flows well into the future. And that's what, frankly, people were pricing in from the last few years heavily because of low interest rates it was, I don't care if they make money today, they're growing. There's going to be cash flows five, 10 years from now. Well, guess what? When the cost of capital is suddenly something versus nothing, it's about today. It's about short duration assets, meaning what can you deliver to me today? in the form of cash flows, earnings, dividends, commodities. Not about the pie in the sky dreams of a crypto centric green economy. It's all well and good to push towards those things. But what is today and what the hopes of tomorrow are, are vastly different. And it's about today. So that's why we're here to help you with today, help you make the good decisions for today and then tomorrow and then the next day. So I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions and you get to shape this show. I can sit here and ramble on about whatever I want, but this show isn't about me. It's about you and helping you. So you can interact with, interact with me right now during our live stream program from 4 to 5 Pacific time, or you can leave a question on our anytime voice bank 24-7. Either way, the number never changes. It's 888-99-CHART. So let's get to our first listener question now. Hey, this is Craig calling from the mountains outside Seattle. Uh, looking at the energy sector, and I'm curious your take on ticker symbol SM. It uh, Zach's was pretty big on it, and but I would like to understand how it's evaluated and why, you know, I, I have a very small position, about a hundred shares, but as things go down, I want to know whether or not it's worth uh, buying more. So look forward to your feedback. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hmm. Interesting. So this is SM energy. It's a domestic oil and natural gas explorer. 
production of crude oil, condensate, natural gas, natural gas liquids here in the U.S. You're trying to read. I haven't heard of this one. Interesting. $4.1 billion market cap. So it was nearly bankrupt in 2020, it looks like. Now it's at $34 per share. Let's make $9 per share next year, $8 per share this year, trading at $34 per share. So if they can maintain this level of uh, profits, then it's definitely cheap. Uh, now, the bigger question is, how does this compare to others within the industry and its relative profitability? And I have to do a deeper dive, to be honest with you, to, to really understand that because historically, it's not been that great, very up and down when it comes to uh, return on equity, return on assets. It, it's maintained its balance sheet just fine. Uh, so I, I don't have a lot of issues there. Uh, and I like the space that it's in. Um, but the question is, is this better than something that's a little more vertically integrated? Uh, it looks like most of their projects come from premium drilling locations. So it doesn't look like a fracker. Uh, it looks like it, it owns uh, traditional oil properties. And that means it's going to have probably less leverage to the overall uh, oil market because it's not, uh, it doesn't look like it's engaged heavily in fracking. But overall, it does look relatively cheap. I, I like oil space. The question is, is it the best within the industry? Because there's a lot of uh, much larger uh, companies that can spread their costs amongst uh, a lot more assets, uh, etc. So it's hard for me to say whether this is the best because I, I actually haven't heard of this one. Um, but I'd be definitely doing a deep dive and comparing it to others within the industry. But I like where you're looking. Now, we have good news for the Invest Talk listener audience that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a faster pace. It's called the April Rapid Fire Hour. I answer 30 questions very quickly in a short period of time. It's available now for free podcast download over at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, as well as investtalk.com. And now the Invest Talk phone lines are open for you. So give me a call at 888 chart. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888 99Chart. Go to Bob in Ohio looking at Tesla. Yeah. 
Hello. Um, I'm looking at Tesla. Um, it's recently been just tanking. It's down over uh, 23% over the mm-hmm. past five days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've wanted to get in Tesla um, for a while, but I just kept saying that it was way too overpriced, way too overpriced. But I'm really impressed with how the company's done over the past about two years, mm-hmm. and I want to get into it. And I'm looking to see if this is a possible buying opportunity or should I possibly wait for it to go even lower? Well, how long have you listened to the show? Um, I'd say on and off for about two years. Okay. So you might have missed a few of my discussions on Tesla. And I think it is the most overvalued stock in the history of the stock market. Um, and a 20% drop or 30% drop from, I guess now 41% drop from its 52-week high. Uh, it's not even come close to remedying that. Uh, I think this is probably should be valued closer to $100 per share. Um, and it's at 734. So, uh, you know, they still have never made money from selling a car, um, regulatory credits, sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's not a name that wouldn't be on my watch list. And, uh, you know, it looks like it's, I always thought it would be the first one to get shot from the the Ponzi sector, um, but it looks like it's probably going to be the last one to get shot, and it's starting to be taken out to uh, the woodshed. So uh, I think there's more downside to come with Tesla, so I absolutely would not be buying it. Um, the question is, would I be shorting it? I don't know about that either, but I definitely don't think this is a buy. Thanks for the All right. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this question. Could a Roth IRA conversion pay off in a down market? So we're going to weigh the pros and cons, uh, taxes, and ways that uh, how it could boost your uh, your your returns over time, tax adjusted. And we're going to look at that story. Also, I think the most important story in the current markets right now is Terra, which is uh, what was supposed to be a stable coin has broken the $1 peg. Basically, this is the crypto's version of a money market account. And if you're around in 08, you know that there were problems of potentially what we'll call breaking the buck. And that's the worst thing you could do in the money market uh, realm. And it actually created a lot of regulations around what the money markets could buy. And we haven't had an issue since. Well, what happens in what happens in crypto when you have effectively a money market account that is not regulated at all? Well, you get what happened over the last couple of days, which is a break of the buck on Terra. And then your financial advisor? Are they independent? Are they without conflicts? Well, we're going to talk about how to tell where they're coming from. And then lastly, the dollar. Dollar strong. The whole mantra that people are saying is, well, the dollar's going to go down and it's going to cause hyperinflation, blah, 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 blah. What's interesting is that the dollar is actually strong during this time of inflation. So what does that mean? Bucks the consensus narrative. So we're going to look at that story. This is Invest Talk. We're moving into a break, so I'm ready to answer your questions. So I want your I want your your questions. Call in, leave a message. If you're listening after hours. 
We'd love to hear whatever you have on your mind and try to help you. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Bobby in Atlanta. He wants to talk about Starbucks. Hey, Justin. Yeah, uh, I was thinking of... Uh buying starbucks or disney uh, but the last few days it's just been a roller coaster and it seems to be it's you know it's dropping every day like a percent or two so i just don't know if i should buy some right now or should i just uh, wait a couple more days or weeks well disney i definitely wouldn't buy that has uh, major issues and still has uh, some ways to go uh, to get to reasonable valuation now starbucks i think is getting closer to a reasonable valuation our value is closer to uh, about 75 dollars per share now it's at uh, 70. so i would say it's uh, a bit undervalued now uh and the biggest issue though with starbucks is simply i think unionization uh and the 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 cost to employ all of their uh, all their employees and and um, you know with labor shortages nationwide and the cost of living being a barista makes it it's difficult to to make ends meet in that sense uh, and so I think that's what they're they're dealing with as, as well as supply chain issues so you know longer term I think they'll they'll solve a lot of these things and you know it's at a reasonable value now you know where is that ultimate support let me give you. A level here. Yeah, I mean, it's getting down there. I would say, uh, yeah, right around here, right around the high 60s. Now we're at 70 now. Uh, I think this is, is pretty good support here on Starbucks. Thanks for the call. Okay. Let's go to Bobby in, oh, sorry, that was Bobby. Uh, let's go to Carl in Oceanside looking at QYLD. Yes. It you're cutting out. Can you uh, try to get to a better spot? Yes. There we go. Uh, it is a call, call ETF. Yep. How does it work? I'm thinking to buy it for the 12% dividend. Okay. Um, so first off, don't buy this because of the dividend. Definitely don't do that. Uh, now, it's a covered call ETF, So it's and it's based on the NASDAQ 100. So let me give you the analogy I give to uh, a lot of a lot of people that 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 uh, talk to me about. Uh, we have a cover call strategy. It's called Equity Income Plus. Now we buy a diverse set of stocks, 25, 30 different names, different sectors, etc., all paying dividends. Whereas this one is just buying the Nasdaq. Okay. Now I use the analogy of real estate. Say you want to buy a piece of real estate for a hundred thousand dollars and you think in a year it's going to be worth hundred and twenty thousand dollars and over that year you're going to rent it out collect your rent well someone else thinks it's going to be worth hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a year and they're going to give you they want to come to you and they say i want to give you ten thousand dollars the right to buy your property from you in a year for hundred and twenty hundred twenty thousand dollars now if he's right they earn a large return on the money, 10,000 turns into 30,000. That's a big return. It's a leveraged bet on the, the direction of that property. Now, 
if that happens, you sold it for 120, but effectively you sold it for 130 because you keep that $10,000 no matter what. Now, let's say you're both wrong. The price of the property goes nowhere. You keep the $10,000, that speculator's out, it's $10,000, and you've boosted your overall return. Still collecting that rent over the year. Now, let's say you're both really wrong. It goes down to $80,000. Well, effectively, you've only lost 10 versus before. If you did not sell this call option on your property, you would be out 20000 Instead, you lost 10. Okay. That's what a covered call strategy is for property. Well, you do that to individual stocks. And that's what this position uh, is doing. It's doing that on the hundred, uh, the, uh, the, the positions within the NASDAQ 100. So just like that property, if you buy a gray property, well, odds are it's at least going to hold its value, probably go up, and you're going to be in a profitable situation either way. But if you buy a bad underlying property, and both you and the speculator are just speculate are just investing in the wrong house and it goes down. Well, you that property can go to 50,000, go to 20,000 if it's in a terrible neighborhood and a terrible property. So the underlying asset is the most important thing, not the premium that you're getting. And that's what you're seeing now. This fund is down 18.3% year to date. Now the NASDAQ itself is down 30. So you definitely hedged a bit on the downside. It's less risk than the overall NASDAQ 100. But are you in a good situation? Are you investing in a good underlying asset? No, you're not. So that's most important when you're looking at a covered call strategy. Are the underlying assets themselves something you want to be in? And the answer is, no, I don't want to be in the NASDAQ 100 right now. Sure, you make it a bounce. So don't be chasing the yield. And anything that's a covered call strategy, understand the underlying assets that they're selling covered calls on. Now, on the next Invest Talk, we will explore this question Is the inflation glass half empty or half full? The latest numbers mean different things to different economists. For now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 99Chart. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI 
promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. 888 99 Chart. Checking on the market today, we had quite the bloodbath in the NASDAQ. We had the NASDAQ down, let's see, 373 points, the lowest level since. Let's see, where are we back, back to now? The lowest level, going back to, where are we here? November of 2020. November of 2020 on the NASDAQ. And... You know, we have not, what's interesting is we have not hit kind of peak capitulation volume. Now, there was some pretty high volume on the ARK fund, ARKK. That's the highest volume, I think, on record. So you did get a bit of a capitulation within the, I call it the Ponzi space. Uh, you know, there was issues within the cryptocurrency market. Coinbase had earnings and they were horrible. And they also talked a bit about bankruptcy. So, and they also basically said that if you have assets within Coinbase, they go bankrupt. Well, suddenly now you're a creditor because they may use those assets in a bankruptcy proceeding. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And that's why I think it plunged and crypto just continues to go down with it. I think we're below 30,000 on Bitcoin once again. Uh, we had a break in a stable coin overnight and just definitely not anything that you want to be a part of. And it just shows you that the that feverish grab for cash, chasing returns that happened most of last year and in, in late 2020 uh, was by people that had no idea what they're doing, that were chasing stories, not chasing businesses, uh, and all of 
I, I re really were not understanding the risk that they were taking. Uh, and that's really unwinding now. Uh, and there's a lot of margin calls happening. So, uh, you know, where we see a short term balance, I think it all comes down to whether the Fed pivots more dovishly, they're still going to raise rates. Uh, we had the CPI number came in a little bit lower, but core CPI accelerated. So that wasn't a good thing. Uh, so it just seems like the Fed is going to continue on its path. And I think a path that is far too aggressive too quickly. Uh, and I think that's the issue here for, for most of the market. Now, are they trying to break the Ponzi side of the market, the crypto market? Maybe that's what they're trying to do. And they're doing a very good job of it. Uh, so be careful out there. Let's go to James in New York looking at URNM. Yes, I was looking at that. And I know you're always uh, generally lately talking about value and versus growth. And I'm wondering if this might qualify at these levels for the short, medium, or long term even. Is this a good value at this uh, price point? Well, you're looking at an ETF in general. This is the, the Sprott Uranium Miners ETF. And so it's really about your view on uranium and whether it's going to be uh, a product that is going to be an increasing use over time or a declining use. Now, two years ago, it was kind of in decline. But as China has begun to ramp up its production of nuclear power plants, as well as the problems with just supply of of energy, whether that's oil or natural gas worldwide, uh, you're starting to see more and more countries turn back to nuclear and, and try to uh, implement those into their plants. Germany, France, in the UK. And I think it's a matter of time till that till it happens here. Now, I think the big, the big hurdle here in the US is that we're an energy, very energy independent when it comes to hydrocarbons. We have plenty of oil and natural gas for our needs domestically, for the most part. So I don't think there's a big push yet. But what's happening in Europe with natural gas prices, they have really have no choice. And frankly, if you want to, you want to solve climate change, and our energy situation worldwide, there's no alternative that's working today. Uh, then nuclear power. You're not going to be able to have base load that produces no CO2 uh, unless you use nuclear. Because guess what? You're not going to run a grid on something that's intermittent like wind and solar. And the cost of those things are going up, not down. And so... To me, you buy these dips if you have a long-term view, like I do, that uranium is going to be an increasing demand over time. And the use of nuclear is actually going to accelerate as opposed to be diminished like it has since Fukushima. So that's my take. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this question. Could a Roth IRA conversion pay off in a down market? Well... The answer is long-term, probably yes. And the reason why this is important in down market is because a lot of people can't contribute to their Roth. And that's because if you make over 144,000, if you're single or 214,000 for married couples this year, you can't contribute to your Roth. 
But what you can do is called a Roth conversion. This is especially important for those that are in retirement but not yet taking their RMDs from their IRA, but it can apply really to anybody. Maybe you're not working as much. Maybe your sales are going to be down this year because the economy is slowing, whatever that is, and your income is going to be lower. Well, you can do a Roth conversion. And when the market's down, that's the best time to do it. Why? Because say you come into the year, you have $100,000. Now it's at $70,000. And you do the conversion. Well, now your income that you're having to report on your taxes is not $100,000. It's $70,000. And then if assets recover, well, then you've paid a lower tax rate. Now, the first quarter of this year, Roth conversions were up 18% compared to the first quarter of 2021, according to Fidelity. Now, there's a couple things to consider, though, if you're going to do a Roth conversion. One is that you can take the money out penalty-free. Anything that goes into a, a Roth IRA, you can take the money out penalty-free, except for the first five years that it goes in, whether that's a contribution or a conversion. So understand that. And if you do take that money out, then it is a 10% penalty. But the timeline of that five years starts on the January 1st of the year of the conversion. So if you do it today, it's not five years from today. It's five years from January 1st of this year. And then you have to keep an eye out on where this puts you from a tax perspective. Remember, anything you convert is going to be added to your adjusted gross income for the particular year. So does that push you into a different tax bracket? What's your modified adjusted gross income? And how does that apply to things like Medicare Part B if you're retired? And as you make more and more money, your monthly premiums go up. So make sure when you're doing a Roth conversion, you understand the tax consequences and talk to a CPA about that. Let's go to Sid in North Carolina and wants to talk about APPS which is, I believe this is Digital Turbine. There we go. You own it or looking to buy it? Hi, Justin. Good evening. Thank you for taking call. I have a small portion uh, of it, and uh, but it's been going constantly down, and it's been growth stock, and you have been telling uh, multiple times to just stay away from this one. Uh, I, I just want to see that is there any buying point is still going down or do you have any price in the mind if at all you would like to have this in your portfolio? Thank you for your answer. No problem. Looking at digital turbines. Now, the technicals are very bad and there's really no major support until, geez, $15. Now it's at 23 so that's an area that's interesting to me, especially because it's still supposed to make $2 per share next year. Getting a single digit multiple, growing its revenue the way it is. I think that that's a, that's certainly a reasonable, it's a reasonable price here, to be honest with you. Uh, but the technicals are just so, so bloody poor. Uh, and I would wait for there to be some sort of signal of support or capitulation volume. Let me just look at the volume for today. If this wants to load. Yeah, higher than average volume today, uh, but not a not an extreme amount of volume. And that's what I'd be waiting for to really get in. But I do think that $15 level is the level that starts to get uh, very, very interesting for Digital Turbine, APPS. And let me look at the cash flows real quick. 
Yeah, 39 million in free, in free cash flow. I mean, it's still a $2 billion market cap. So is that, I would go based on that more. <sighs> yeah, even 15, that's still not cheap enough. Yeah, I'm just looking at this more. See how you have to kind of put these things together. Uh, the, the, the profit earnings per share looks like it's very large, but if you compare it to its actual free cash flow, the fact that it's issuing more shares, uh, it still has to go probably even lower than 15. So uh, I'm passing on this. It's just in a terrible technical position. And I think it's a while before this gets cheap enough. Well, we are one third through the year. And it's been quite the year, as you should expect, as we've been talking about, it's supposed to be a, a more volatile year. The question is, how are you handling it? Are you prepared? Is your portfolio prepared? Well, if you need help, I encourage you to reach out uh, for a free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meeting. We will provide unbiased guidance both on and off air. And we practice parallel investing. So if you want us to go over what you have, uh, help you understand where you're overweight, underweight, what type of risk you're taking in your portfolio, reach out to us via Telephone at 800-557-5461 or message us through investtalk.com at 800. Uh, we're heading into a break, so give me a call at 800. Oh, actually, we're heading to, uh, let's go to a question, iTunes question. Bill in Atlanta says, "I sell, should I sell some or all of my 50 shares of Apple? I was at 200% return back in March of the year, but now down to, down to, down to 171. My thoughts are that since I bought these shares for a, the long term and they are in a taxable account, I should write it out. So should I hold or take some profits? And I would say I would hold. Now, is Apple in a crazy cheap position? No, I don't think it is. Uh, but it's reasonable value. And it's by far, to me, of the Fang names, by far the best of the bunch. So I would not be selling Apple. We're actually looking for uh, an entry pretty soon, but kind of looking for a bit of capitulation. Didn't quite get that today, I think, in the market. Now let's pivot over to the crypto market. I think this is one of the most interesting and important news items of this year. And that is Terra USD. And this is supposed to be a what's called an algorithm algorithmic stable coin. I'm not going to get into the details of what that actually means. But at the end of the day, this broke the buck, meaning it traded as low as 23 cents today on Wednesday. And this is the third at the time was the third most popular stable coin in the market. Now, these stablecoins are supposed to maintain their peg to $1 by backing it with fiat assets, dollar-denominated assets, and cash. And what you had was a complete plunge uh, in the price of Terra, as well as its, its uh, what would you call it, uh, its connected coin, uh, which would be Luna. And that fell 97%. It's token, excuse me, fell 97% from it's over 24 hours. And this is the problem with the stablecoin market. 
mm-hmm. uh, they're unregulated. And everyone chasing these big returns. I, I remember getting calls like, should I just, you know, put, why wouldn't I put my money and get my 8, 9, 10% from these stable coins and stake my, uh, my assets, blah, 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 blah. And this is the perfect example. The perfect example of too good to be true, probably is. It's too good to be true, probably is. And that's what lost a lot of people money is chasing those returns without understanding the risk. And this is basically a run on the bank. And so people don't trust Terra anymore or Luna anymore. So now what's the next one that's going to break the buck? Is this going to finally bring in regulation? Is it going to damage credibility across the crypto space, it has to. Okay. And that's the issue here. Bitcoin is now below 29,000. ETH is threatening to break the 2000 mark. Ether was at over 5,000 not long ago. What was that? November? You notice when the Fed started to talk about tightening monetary policy? That's when all of these Ponzi assets started to come undone. That is not a coincidence. Let me say that again. It's not a coincidence. You should not be shocked by this. If you are, you should be listening to the show more. So very important topic, very important news, and just shows you it's too good to be true. Probably is. This is Invest Talk. We're heading into our final break. So give me a call at 888 chart Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 chart Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Bob from Ohio. I'm a longtime listener. I have a question about O Reality, a Realty Income, Stock Ticker O. It's dropped about like 15% or so from its recent high. And I'm wondering if now's a good time to pick it up. I've just looked at it recently. I've It has a long track record of dividends, though. And over the past few years, the revenue has increased but their earnings haven't. I think that might be due to COVID. So maybe once COVID starts to settle down, then they'll start to make some more money. So if if you think it's a good buy, um, can you give me an entry point as well? Thanks again. All right, this is Realty Income. O is the symbol. One of the largest retail REITs in the country. They have properties in 49 different states, $38 billion market cap. And you're right, definitely a low growth name. It was a low growth name before COVID. It was growing its earnings. 2019 made $3.33 funds from operations, FFO, funds from operation of $3.33. $3.39 in 2020, uh, $3.59 in 2021, and 2022 expected to be $3.90. Uh, definitely, I think this has more to do with the fact that it's a retail REIT. Retail, you know, longer term has been struggling with keeping up with uh, keeping up the, with their rents. 
Now, is the retail landscape shifting uh, back to a little more brick and mortar? Is it shifting to different types of companies that are, are renting uh, the properties uh, out? Yes. Um, and Realty Income is one of the better run retail REITs out there. Problem is, it's still retail REIT. And I think there are longer term headwinds there. It's definitely increasing its share counts in order to pay that dividend. So I don't, uh, I don't like the dividend uh, rate that it has and the amount of leverage it has on its balance sheet. Um, so I, I, I'm not a fan of it, although it is at support. So I will say that. Now let's squeeze one more caller question in at 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. I always enjoy the show, listen to it faithfully. And I had a question. If there are broad commodities shortages looming on the horizon, why are they taking such a hit? I am overweight commodities and materials, and they are down sharply. For example, URMM is down 9% today. Do I just hold tight? Thank you. Bye-bye. This is an easy answer, and... When there's market volatility, correlations go to one. We learned that in 08, and I know a lot of you probably weren't around in 08, but everything sold off. Why? Because people were getting margin called, and people just needed liquidity. When time, times like this, people just sell anything that they can that they owned in order to meet those margin calls and to get the cash that they need. And so if you look at the underlying commodity prices, I always look at like DBC is a good one, the Invesco Deutsche Bank Commodity Index Tracking Fund. And it's looking at the underlying commodities. And I think this is a good one to follow. I know the underlying commodities in general haven't really been uh, selling off. Now there's select ones. Uh, copper has been selling off. A lot of that has to do with what the shutdowns in Shanghai. Um, and that's a little bit of it, you know, the, the, the Chinese economy weakening and just the, the broader economy uh, worldwide weakening. Uh, but once again, when you have this broad-based sell-off, I know it's concentrated in tech and in Ponzi assets, but it's now, in, you know, it, it does spread. Uh, but that's a buying opportunity as long as you have a longer-term uh, understanding of that these are still commodities that are in good demand. Uh, these are, you know, the, the assets that these companies own are quality assets and, you know, the, they'll, they'll recover. What you notice, though, is, you know, you look at the energy sector and we're still above the 50 day moving average, <laughs> you know, even though you're you've gotten, uh, you know, decent sell offs over the past few weeks because of market contagion. And that's really what you're, you're dealing with is market contagion. And you have to be ready for that and understand that. So thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein. This is another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for, for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, as well as investtalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. 
Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 